You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Outdoor Edge in their complete lineup of knives and game processing kits. These guys right now are doing an absolutely huge giveaway where you could win an elk hunt and not just any elk hunt. We're talking about a seven or eight mile horseback ride into the backcountry. We're talking a one-on-one guided hunt. You're going to be sleeping in a wall tent, and you're going to be doing that for five days with the founder and CEO of Outdoor Edge, David Block. Now, if you've never been on an elk hunt before, I'm telling you right now, go sign up for this because if you ever hear a elk bugle, whether it's at 400 yards or it's at 40 yards, it is a life-changing experience. So here's how you enter. Go to OutdoorEdge.com. There's going to be a big banner for it somewhere on their homepage. All you have to do is click on that. Go fill out some information. I think your name, your email address, maybe some other stuff. And that's all you have to do. That's how you are entered. They're going to be picking a winner oh, a ways from now. So you have plenty of time to enter. Go visit OutdoorEdge.com. Sign up today. And if you decide to purchase any products from the website, Enter the discount code NATION30. That's the word NATION with the number 30 after that. No spaces. NATION30. And you will receive 30% off your purchase. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Thomas. Joining me today is my co-host, Micah. What's up, man? My trusty co-host. I'm the one that shows up. You are the one that shows up. Andy. Yeah, that other guy that we got over there. (laughs) Don't know why we have him, you know, even part of it, but whatever. Hey, Andy, we're just kidding. We love you. But, and we understand, you know, you got your harvest, you got to work, you know, we get it. Jobs and stuff. Yeah. Responsibilities. Yeah. Who wants those? Luckily for me, I've got nothing going on in my life. (laughs) Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. (laughs) But anyways, so, hey, what's going on with your season so far, man? 
Why'd you have to ask me? Well, it's a bitter subject for me too, but you know, I feel like the listeners might want to know what's going on. Yeah, so we are recording this. Uh, I think today's the 19th of October. Yep. And I went hunting the night before we recorded this, and it was actually a good good night. Um, saw five or six deer, and actually started. I was I was actually really excited. I did grab my my card before I climbed the tree, mm-hmm. and there was nothing. No mature bucks have been here yet. At least in that spot. I mean, right, where you got other cameras. But I'm like, all right, well, it's perfect night. Um, at like four o'clock, I started seeing deer, and I'm like, oh, that's that's a good sign. Yeah, they're up on their feet. Saw two button bucks came in, and then behind them, about half hour later, that's how long they stuck around right in front of me. Wow. Uh, a mature doe came in, and she eventually worked around downwind of me and and blew out, and the button bucks went went with her. And then like. Half an hour later, I had a spike come in, and then he came back again a, a little while after that. And so I saw deer all night, just nothing that I could uh, go after. But yeah. it was a good night. It is what it is, you know. It's been a rough one for me too. But yeah, you've been, but you got a new spot that you're going to be checking that out. That is the that is the positive here. I acquired a new piece of ground to hunt, and it worked out great because the last few days we've had like a northern wind. And my spots that I have currently, they don't work out good for a northerly wind. So I actually acquired this spot. What day was it? I believe it was last month. Yeah, I believe it was last Monday. And uh, and I went out that evening and I saw. Funny. Well, you know the story. (laughs) So I get there. Somebody forgot his arrows. (laughs) I get there. I have. I I keep all my hunting gear in my car. Nobody jack my car, please. I don't care about the car. Just leave the hunting stuff. But anyway, so I have all my stuff in my car. So I left right after work, went right straight to the hunting spot. I get all my camo on. I get my bag, everything. I grab my bow. I'm like, crap. <laughs> left my arrows at home. So, you know, and, and that's mainly because I can't fit my quiver in with my bow case. So I usually just either throw it in my bag or just throw it on top of my case, leave it in my car. But for whatever reason, didn't have my arrows. So, talked to you guys, asked you what I should do, because I've never, never walked this property. The never thing, stepped foot never, on it. Yeah, yeah, never done anything with it. So, I said, screw it. I'm at least going to go check this place out a little bit just to see what I'm getting into. And I walked up, and there was a stand there from a guy that used to hunt it years past, and he just left the stand, doesn't have anything to do with it, whatever. So, I got up in the stand, sat just to make sure everything was good, and as soon as I sat down, I started seeing deer. So, I mean, nothing came within range, and I mean, it you couldn't have shot it anyway. I, I couldn't have shot it anyways because it didn't have no arrows. Question, but, question. Okay, did you take your bow? Yeah, no, I didn't take it with me up in the woods. No, I didn't. I, <laughs> the only thing I took, what did I take? I took my binoculars, my binoculars, and my rangefinder, but that was just because it was already in my pocket. Yeah, but so, and I, I should have taken my bag because that had my coat and everything because it actually got pretty cold. But so I got up there, sat, I saw deer right away. And then it got to the point where I was like, I'm either going to have to stay till dark or I need to get out of here just in case something was to come by and mess something up. So got out of there. And then I went hunting there one other time. And it was, no, twice. I went there another time, had a doe come by. Uh, and then another time, and I got skunked on that one. So And... Are you looking to take a doe off that place? I will. If, yeah, if, if I get a shot, shot, if I get a shot at one, I could have 
probably squeezed a shot on on this last doe that walked by but i mean she was she was just on a steady walk and this it's really thick it's nothing but timber it's on a hill i mean it's a big hill it's like it goes from like 700 feet to a thousand real quick within 20 acres worth of yeah yeah, ground yeah it's only a 20 acre piece so it's not that big but it's nothing but oaks and hickories and trees i mean it's just thick so i mean it's going to be hard to put a pattern on them. I mean, I'm going to have to throw like eight cameras at this place to figure it out. But, you know, I'm excited to have it. it so gives, you need to go buy about eight cameras then. That or we could get some sponsors maybe. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Stealth Cam, you listening? Yeah. Stealth Cam. <laughs> you know, anyway. Any, any, any truck Cam <laughs> sponsor. But, yeah, because looking at the map, if you zoom out, there's not crops for miles where this is at. So – but there is, it's big timber, all the, I mean, everywhere. So I don't know if they're just living off, you know, all the acorns or what, or if they're traveling. But, I mean, the owner, the property owner, he says he see deer all the time. Nice. He used to see a lot more because he has fruit trees, but he's got them to where they don't mess with his fruit trees anymore. But, I mean, I know there's deer there, so I just got to figure out where they're coming and going from. Yeah, that sucks about the arrows. I, I am lucky, and I've started doing, I've got this little, uh, set up now the way i hunt because Mm -hmm. so i've got a work car Mm -hmm. so i drive that around most of the time and then i've got my truck my personal truck so i just keep my bow in my bow case with the quiver on and i just leave the bow case open in the back seat of my truck Mm -hmm. and there's nobody ever in the back of it every once in a while the kids go somewhere with me or something and i'll have to you know take everything apart but as soon as they get out again i Open the bow case <laughs> back, back up, put there. the quiver on, and it's sitting in there. So I, all I got to do is grab the bow and go. Because um, that, that happened to me one other time several years ago, and I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to get a case that will actually fit my quivers. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> I mean, probably that's that'll work it. too. Because I'm not going to take my arrows out. Take and then, Yeah, it's just yeah no, it, it's pain. I'm, we do it every morning in Colorado when we're yeah, out there. Yeah, that's, that's different, <laughs> you know. Oh, every arrow. Got to put it together. Yeah, so. yeah that's no fun. But, but – Anyway, let's get into this awesome episode today. Um, today, we've got the Conservation Federation of Missouri on with us. We've got Tyler uh, Schwartz and Colton Zirkel on to talk about several things. Um, we get into the Conservation Federation and, and what they do, some of their history and what they're about. And then, specifically, we get more into detail about the Share the, Share the Harvest program that they administer and run. Yeah, so, and it's an awesome program. And you guys will obviously get the information from the episode, but if you don't know anything about it, you need to learn about it. Just, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of people out there that might have an abundance of does or something like that, and they need to they need it. They need to you know get rid of some does or whatever it is. They need to do some habitat management or what whatever. They need to take care of some does. You can do that, and you can get rid of the meat. If you're not going to use it and, and actually have somebody utilize it. Yeah. yeah. And it's going to go to a good cause. So obviously you can keep it yourself. Yeah. But yeah. you know, some people might not have enough and they, they still right. need to do some stuff or they want to take, I, I talk about it in the episode. They want to take a kid hunting and they don't necessarily need the need the meat. And that kid gets to experience taking their first deer mm-hmm. and they get to help feed people. So, uh, it's a cool program. Uh, so check them out. Um, and ready to get in the show. Yeah, let's do it. All right, this is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast.
All right. Got a good show today. <laughs> yeah, I think so. What are you up to, buddy? Not much, man. We're getting into the busy season, you know, for work and deer hunting and stuff. So it it's just been nonstop. For work, for play, everything's busy. Yes. Um, we're recording this, this episode, and I walked in the door from hunting and had to get some kids in bed and now we're we're on this call so yeah we're, and i we're, walked in from work so <laughs> yeah you know, is what it is and we're missing andy again because he is still in the fields yeah he's uh, still hard at it getting the crops in so you know hopefully he gets done and gets to get some hunting in but we'll see what happens right so uh we're excited about this one today especially uh prior to, to missouri rifle season um of course we know that the deer season has been going on for uh since september 15th now but Especially prior to rifle season, we were excited to have this episode, and today we're going to be talking to the Conservation Federation of Missouri about their Share the Harvest program. And it is an awesome program, and yep. it helps a lot of people out, and we're going to learn a little bit more about it. We're so. going to we're going to give some good information to people. Um, one of my biggest pet peeves is wasting the animal that's given its life to you. Yep. So this is a way for people to um, to not do that if, mm-hmm. if for some reason they kill something that they... Uh, they don't need. So with us today is Tyler Schwartz and Colton Zirkel with the Conservation Federation. Guys, how you doing? Doing good. How's it going tonight? Thanks for having us. No problem. We're excited to talk to y'all. Um, before we get into this, uh, Tyler and Colton, why don't you all introduce yourselves? Tell us what y'all do for the Conservation Federation. And um, why don't each of you tell us what your favorite thing about the Missouri outdoors is? I'm Tyler Schwartz, the executive director of the Conservation Federation of Missouri, and we've been around for 85 years now, and then so we've been celebrating our 85th anniversary this year, and our mission is to ensure conservation of Missouri's wildlife and natural resources, and along with that, uh, preservation of our state's rich outdoor heritage, and break it down into, into three categories of advocacy, education, and partnerships. So that's a little bit about... Um, CFM, and, and we can kind of get into some of that a little bit later because sure. those three facets are really some, some unique opportunities. And, and like you mentioned, share the harvest. We also spend time working in, in the capital and, and working hard to uh, beat back legislation to keep all the great hunting and fishing opportunities that we have in Missouri open and, and free for, for Missourians especially too. And then we also have that educational component too. And, and that's where Colton does a great job with our, with our education program. So we're, we're kind of a three faceted, three legged stool, if you would. Um, and, and date back all the way back into the, the 1930s. We actually started the department of conservation, the commission as, as it was. And as we know, the Missouri department of conservation. And, and so uh, certainly a rich heritage that, that dates back a long ways, but that's kind of getting into uh, the weeds of things. But as we um, have been the executive director for a year and a half now, and I started with Missouri State Parks, spent a great decade with, with the Missouri State Park System, and then came to the Conservation Federation of Missouri about three years ago or so. And, and so I've really enjoyed my time. Going from state government to a nonprofit agency certainly different, but it uh, has all its rewards and challenges, certainly. So I uh, grew up around Mary's County in central Missouri, hunting, fishing, farming, doing a lot of fun things, and went to uh, 
Warrensburg, the University of Central Missouri, as it's now called, I guess. And, yep, and go so Mules. Spent four, yeah, spent four or five years there and, and before uh, starting with the state park system. So that's kind of uh, kind of a brief history on, on what I've done, where I came from, and, and what CFM is. And I'll let Colton introduce himself. Yeah, so I'm Colton Zirkel. I'm the Education and Communications Coordinator at CFM. That's a long job title, but, you know, basically a 50-50 education and communication. So um, we have three or so youth programs at CFM, and I manage all of those. And I actually came up as a student in high school and college in one of those programs. So that's how I got connected with these folks. And um, then for communications, I run like our social media. I help manage the website. Uh, contribute art- articles to our magazine, and then, uh, you know, do stuff like this. So um, I grew up in St. Joseph, Missouri. You know, we say where the Pony Express began and Jesse James ended are our <laughs> two claims to fame. But I've done my best not to live outside of the Ozarks since I left home for college. So I went to Missouri State and majored in wildlife biology and then University of Arkansas for a master's in entomology. So... I've also worked for state parks and the Missouri Department of Conservation before arriving here at CFM last fall. Awesome. Okay, so if, if I had to pin each of you down and you had to tell me one thing that is your favorite thing about the Missouri outdoors, what, what would you say? Colton, you start this time. All right. Well, I've listened to your podcast before, so, <laughs> you know, mine is the same as a lot of guys. Like, I love that our outdoors are so diverse you know you've got the flat plains up north you've got the you know wonderful hills down south and um, just so many different types of habitats you know caves and glades which are like a desert and we have tarantulas and scorpions in Missouri you know and I just love that you know I'm from a place where we have muddy water but now you know I can drive a couple hours and be near the big springs and clear rivers mm-hmm. so that's what I enjoy. How about you, Tyler? I love that everybody thinks that the Missouri outdoors and all the great things about them are theirs. And that they, each one of us love our part of the world, that diverse part of Missouri, whether it's the Ozark Hills or it's the Plains or whatever. We all call those home. We all love them. We cherish them. We preserve them. We take care of them. And we tell our friends about them. And we spend time with our family and, and do all those great things in the outdoors and there are and and we we take care of all those things that are special to us and I, I think that's what's great because we are a diverse state we take care of it and we appreciate them and, and use them and uh, pass them on to the next generation yeah I uh, I echo that I mean it's it's kind of cool with the outdoors when I when I say Missouri never knows what it wants to be, you know, it, it kind of dates back to the Civil War, right? Um, <laughs> weren't really the South, weren't really the North. We we always, you know, with the outdoors, it makes it really cool because we have grass, you know, grasslands. We have plains up north. We have vast um, crop grounds, and then we we get in the Ozark Mountains down south, and you know, the Boot Hill is its own place in itself. We're so diverse, which makes it awesome for the the outdoors. You're you're definitely right there. Um, so those are good answers. Uh, 
I enjoy listening to the answers, even if they're almost the same almost every time. So um, I, I enjoy it. It's a, it's, a, it's a fun start, at least. So before we get into Share the Harvest, I wanted to kind of make sure everybody who's listening to this knows what the Conservation Federation of Missouri is and what they're about. Tyler, I know you had, had mentioned it uh, a little bit already, but why don't, why don't you just kind of, uh, and we can get as detailed really as we want, talk about what the Conservation Federation does and how you're successful in, in helping with conservation, uh, the passing of laws, whatever, at that time, you know, Share the Harvest obviously is one of the programs that you run. Um, you know, l- let people know what it is the Conservation Federation of Missouri is about. Certainly. So I mentioned, you know, our rich history, and I'll, I'll start at the beginning, and, and it all goes back to 1935 when our turkeys were decimated. There were no deer virtually. Our forests had been over-harvested, and we look back and People came together, citizens, citizens just like us that are sitting around talking, said, hey, we have to do something. Sportsmen came together from all over and formed the Conservation Federation of Missouri and said, hey, we got to keep politics out of conservation, and we got to bring the animals and our forests back. And so they came together on September 10th, 1935, in the Tiger Hotel in Columbia, Missouri, and said, let's do something about it. And they formed the Conservation Federation of Missouri, which ultimately formed the Conservation Commission. And so if you don't know, the commission is the governing body over the Missouri Department of Conservation. And so that's ultimately what started the beautiful relationship that we have with the Missouri Department of Conservation today. And Amendment 4 created that non-political commission in 1936. And, you know, you look back to our first deer season, it was 1944, and a lot of great things. Uh, hunter safety started in the, in the 50s, 1960 was our first turkey season. And it was those things that started over the 50s and 60s that pushed us to where we're at at the pinnacle in conservation across Missouri today. You know, you look at the Department of Natural Resources was formed in the 70s, and then we look at the design for conservation sales tax that passed in 1976. That was the one-eighth of 1% that all Missourians pay for on, on sale of goods, and so that goes directly to conservation. We also have the Parks and Soil Sales Tax that started, too, and so we're the only state in the nation that has those dedicated sales taxes. And if you go across to Kansas, to different states nearby us, people don't realize how well that Missouri does what we do in hunting, fishing, and the outdoors. And and because it costs to go into a state park, it costs an ungodly amount of money to pay for your tags and things like that. So we really have it great in Missouri here with all the things that we're, we're blessed to have through our sales tax, through all the great staff and programs that we typically have. But so that's kind of the, you know, the history of of how things have become so great in Missouri. You know, you look at stream teams were formed in the late 80s. The Katy Trail, the Share the Harvest program came on in in 1992 that we'll talk about later. And and so CFM's been there all along, all along these steps, supporting hunting, fishing, hiking, biking, birding, camping, 
all these things in the outdoors. We're a nonprofit organization. We're not state government. And so you've got, you know, the Department of Natural Resources, the Department of Conservation, uh, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Services, and, and all the Army Corps of Engineers. There's so many different outdoor organizations through the government, but we're the nonprofit group that is that voice for Missouri outdoors. And so that's kind of our slogan. We represent all those organizations plus over 100 nonprofit organizations uh, like the birding groups, the hiking groups, the camping groups, the hunting groups, the Wild Turkey Federation, the Elk Foundation, all those groups also are under our wing, and we call those affiliates. And so we have over 100 affiliated organizations, and that's the partnership part portion of, of our mission that, that we take pride in. And so... Um, Operation Game Thief, Operation Forest Arson are all programs and partnerships that we also have. And so if you you turn your buddy in for uh, your neighbor's corner or whatever you call that hotline, that anonymous hotline, that program is something that we do as well. And uh, we're also an affiliate of the National Wildlife Federation. So, um, So there's a organization like ours in every state in the nation as well, too, that represents to the National Wildlife Federation. So a pretty unique history that we have over uh, many decades that that we're very proud of. And, And again, I could go into the partnerships, a lot of cool things that we do, but that's just the one third of our mission that we really take pride in. And and I'll let Colton expand on the education portion of it, and then I'll finish up with the advocacy part. Well, and, and before you hop into that, Colton, I, I agree. I was not aware that we're the only state in the nation that has, has that, that, that tax. And, you know, while I don't agree with everything the Conservation Department's ever done, and that's mostly because I'm just a guy that has an opinion, it might not be right or wrong, but if you think about where my father-in-law was when he started hunting deer or when he... Uh, never hunted turkey because he couldn't. I mean, uh, I remember when he was a boy saying that he considered it a successful hunting season if he saw one single deer that entire year. And now I get cranky if I don't see more than one in an evening. So, you know, it's it, for the things that I might disagree with in some parts, you got, I mean, we're, we're, we're hunting elk in this, this state now, elk again, that have been gone for 125 years. Um, bear are going to be coming down the pipe at some point. I mean, there's a lot of things that I'm excited about and talk about a diverse state. Um, we're, we're turning into one of those states that offers all these different opportunities and let alone our fishing opportunities and, and all that. So I I wasn't aware of, uh, of that. That's pretty cool that we do that. And, and I think that's, that's nice that it's dedicated strictly to conservation. So anyways, Colton, why don't you get into the education side about what y'all do? Yeah, so the main things that I do is I run a program called the Conservation Leadership Corps, and that's for uh, high school, upperclassmen, and then college students. And basically, those students come together uh, twice a year, and they come to Jeff City area, and uh, we meet at our annual convention in March, where all the members of CFM are welcome to attend, and those students write what are called resolutions. And those kind of go through CFM like a bill uh, goes through the Missouri State House and Senate. Um, You know, our students write those things. 
for instance, one they're working on right now is support of uh, science-based management on the bear season in Missouri or on the bear population. So that will go through our committees at CFM. And then if it makes it all the way through our general assembly, that becomes our position as CFM on those issues. And we send those on to like the Department of Conservation or whatever appropriate state agency. And then that's how CFM, that's what our policy is. And so um, if any of those things come under attack or under interest of the state house and Senate, we actually go there and we take students as part of that program and they can testify in those hearings in the state capitol. So um, another program we have is the Missouri Collegiate Conservation Alliance or NCCA. And any college student in the state can be a part of that. So um, both of those together, we take these students and we teach them what conservation looks like at the state level. So, um, you know, I came up through that program and really uh, before I started working at CFM, I'd never contacted my state legislators, you know, like <laughs> I'd never called my representative or my senator. Um, and honestly, I didn't pay attention too much to the conservation legislation that was happening, you know, but every year at CFM, there's something that uh, is usually pretty big deal. Uh, that comes down that we have to go and take people in to the Capitol to either defend or oppose, you know, certain bills. And it's really cool to see our young people from across the state come and converge because, you know, we love our outdoors. And in Missouri, that's almost always something we can unite behind in the state Capitol. And so it's, it's great to see a student get up there and tell, you know, what conservation has meant to them in their, you know, in their lives up to this point. And many of them carry on in a career this way. And uh, it's cool to see them, you know, go from being a student to being like an active and engaged citizen in Missouri. Has that program, how long has that program been going on? Has that been since the beginning or is that somewhat new? As yeah, far so as taking CLC it, has, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. CLC's been around since 2002. Is that right, Tyler? 2002. Yeah. Is that in, and, uh, is that in all so, high schools, or? Well, for CLC, students have to apply, okay. and we have spots open, and those will be open again in the spring. We'll be accepting applications, and then we have a committee that looks through those and selects students to be a part of the program. Okay. So, and that program caps off at about 50 students. Um, but NCCA is open to however many, you know, there's no cost associated with that one. And, you know, any student that's interested, they don't even have to be getting a degree in biology. You know, some of our students are getting a degree in law or, you know, communications or media. And all those people are vital to conservation in Missouri, as well as, you know, somebody getting a wildlife biology degree. Yeah. What well, it's, if I, I wish I would have paid more attention when I was in college. Uh, I, I'm sure I was told about this. My my original degree was conservation enforcement, and I, I changed at the last second because I wanted to be quote-unquote rich, which didn't work out. But um, <laughs> anyway, you know, dumb college kid. And I, I know that my professors told me about this stuff, and I I didn't listen. I went to, to UCM as well, uh, Tyler. So um, we – 
you know, this might be a, a, a way to for a college kid that might not be paying attention like I did when I was 20 years old to to join something like this and get more involved, even if they've changed their, their degree to business or whatever. Um, they still have that passion for the outdoors. You know, it, it's never not been inside of me. Uh, I could have still done something um, instead of when I changed my degree from conservation to something else you know, almost felt like I was walking away from it. And, you know, this is a good uh, program that people could potentially uh, join in college. So, you know, that's that's a good deal. I didn't go to college, so (laughs) (laughs) I don't have anything to say about that. (laughs) I was like, as soon as they gave me a degree, I'm like, I'm out. You're out of here. (laughs) I'll see you all later. (laughs) Go ahead, Tyler. So that leads into a good point that you can be in high school and join this too. So a junior in high school or our – that first year that you're eligible to join. And even if you're in hunting, farming, agriculture, anything, I mean, if you're 17 to, you know, do college, listen up, folks. I mean, this is your opera, your golden opportunity. I'm with you, Nate. Like, I would have loved to have known that something like this was, was around when I was in going through college. And, again, maybe I heard it and didn't pay attention, but apply, join, you will get to meet the conservation, the natural resource professionals, you get to, to network, and, and that's what it's all about. I mean, at the end of the day, your professor can tell you anything in the world that they want to tell you, but it, it's networking, it's not what you know, it's who you know most of the time. You get that degree, that's a piece of paper, that's a foot in the door, that's a handshake, all it is. you got to sell yourself, and you got to know the people that are in, and I don't care if you're going into accounting or a lawyer or whatever you are, you got to network and know the people that, that you're going to be involved with in, in anything. And so this is the golden opportunity for kids that are in high school and college to get engaged with the resources and meet the other peers that are that love the outdoors and hunting and fishing and hiking and farming and whatever to, uh, to get involved with our Conservation Leadership Corps program. Nice. Yeah, that's a that's a great topic to get into is the educational side. So, all right, that that's two of the the core values. What's what's number three? Which I know you already said once, Tyler. But once I once I once I said this once, I'm not great at listening in college, so I, I forgot <laughs> the third one too. So, what's your third one again? Uh, it's it's the fun thing that we're all here so much about right now, and it's advocacy, which advocacy relates to politics, and it is the thing that we spend our time during session in Missouri, it's working on bills, it's it's educating our members, it's testifying in hearings, and it is beating back the, the politicians that are out there that are trying to take away your rights in Missouri and, and across in D.C. too. So I'm a registered lobbyist, and I spend time through the session. It starts in early January and goes through May. And it would blow your mind how many bills that get filed in Missouri. How many bills do you think, Nate, how many, how many bills do you guys think get filed in a year in Missouri that a legislator wants to become a law? Since you asked that question, I'm going to say thousands. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say a few hundred, but you make it sound like it's quite a bit. It is. It's several thousand, usually 1,500 to 2,000 bills. Oh get fast. You know how many passed? This past session, uh, less than 50. Oh, okay. I was going to say, hopefully less than half. <laughs> yeah. Wow. The, that, that, that how many 
get five sessions and the amount of them that actually don't pass. But there are politicians that don't like hunting and politicians that don't like fishing in the outdoors. And for you and me, that's hard to fathom, but that's where we come in. And that's where Colton and I and all of our affiliates and our other lobbyists and people have to be there protecting our hunting and fishing rights in Missouri. And so that's my shame if we're to become us towards our efforts that are up there in the cattle every day working to protect the rights of hunting and fishing across Missouri. And so it's, um, it's not fun. I mean, I beat on a lot of doors and talk to a lot of legislators and spend nights uh, just in hearings and things. I probably testified in, in 30, 40, 50 hearings a year that were up there saying, no, do not take away our hunting and fishing rights or um, some harebrained bill gets filed about feral hogs and wanting to uh, let them run loose on the landscape or, I mean, you name it, there is the, they, the tax is a, is a great example, the sales tax in, in Missouri that they want to get their hands on the money that, that MDC gets and DNR and they get, uh, and so they're always trying to file bills and we're up there saying, no, Missourians, our citizens said, no, we're up there protecting it. So we're that, that group that's up there protecting your hunting and fishing rights for all of us. And again, it's, it's a dirty job, but you know, somebody out there listening, I, I challenge you to get engaged, you know, and and think of, of, do you know your state rep? Do you know your state Senator? Do you know your U S rep or your, your U S senators, you know, and, and not many people do. I mean, and that's unfortunate, but, and then everybody wants to talk about this person or that person in politics. And I don't even get into that, but you can, it's engaging in the process and the bills that get filed and understanding politics. Like if you want to get into the talk about politics and stuff, dive into bills and, and, and issues and things like that, let alone, you know, what this person said or that person said in DC. And again, I, I don't even get into U S politics cause I get so in much into Missouri politics, but it, it happens right here at home too in Missouri. And so, uh, it's, uh, it's a nasty process, but you know, that's what we're here for to, to get engaged with, with all of, of our legislators. And we have the great resources on our website too, to be able to, call them and and talk to them and go and knock on their doors and and when you see that they listen i mean and those those are the cool things of politics that that they go oh i never realized that because they get hit with hundreds of bills those 1500 bills they have to know something about to be able to vote on them or or somewhat understand them and so when i can go in there and even if I, i call it the elevator speech you know in 20 30 seconds i have to be able to tell them about this bill and why i want them to vote against it and and so it's, um, they got a lot going on too, but at the same time, they, they all have, it's, it's everybody. Here's the best way that I can sum up politics. They all got their own chess game. They're all playing their own chess match and, and you just try and jump in and, and try and play yours too, because they got their own priorities and, and what they're running for their constituents. And so, uh, it's, uh, it's a big chess game up there in the Capitol, but, uh, it's not fun, but it's got to be done or else we would have, uh, we wouldn't have it as great as we do in Missouri. 
So when they're playing chess, I'm playing checkers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh wait, that, did I just burn myself? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> that's the. It, it's really that stuff gets really complicated. I'm sure, and we really appreciate that you guys yeah. are out there and you're beating on those doors and letting those guys know, sticking up for us, the hunter and stuff like that. Because I mean, you know, obviously, I, I, you know, I can do what I can do. I can call my representatives and stuff like that. But you guys are there. You're seeing them. And we just really appreciate that, you know, y'all put out that effort. So, And, you know, I, I think it would be a good time to maybe ask this question. You might not be able to give me a succinct answer uh, just because there might be so many. But is there anything that's going on right now in 2020 that you have a major concern about or that you're, you're really spearheading uh, right now that people should know about that they might not be totally aware of before we get into Share the Harvest? No, that's a great question. And so right now in, in Missouri, the legislature starts in mid-January and it gets out in mid-May. And so right now politicians are, are running for office and and the General Assembly, which was the 100th General Assembly, it's a two-year session that's over. And so that'll start back up in January once the new senators and representatives get elected into office. But still going on, on a U.S. basis is the Congress. That, and so the Recovering America's Wildlife Act, and, and that will be um, millions of dollars that are, that are out there right now that we're trying to get passed. And I think Missouri's portion of that is like $24 million that goes into habitat management, fisheries restoration, and a lot of the species that are in decline and stuff. And so that's called Recovering America's Wildlife Act. And so that's that's one of the things that we're working on right now, and working on a on a national basis that would get Missouri some significant funding that would help um, Missouri out. And on the other one that just passed was the Great American Outdoors Act, that was something that the president signed uh, that back in back in July, Colton. That was um, a great opportunity to for more again more species work and habitat different things that um, that are that are in decline across the nation that uh, so you, you get federal funding you get state funding you know and again I talked about the state tax that Missouri gets we get those two taxes and, and there's always federal dollars and when you talk about federal dollars you're talking millions of, if not in the B with the billions of dollars that are that are out there so um, that's something that we're kind of watching right now is the Recovering America's Wildlife Act and and hopefully get that going. There's always initiatives with flooding in um, Mississippi, Missouri, um, a lot of different grants, acts, and, and things that are out there. So, um, so but once the session starts back up again in January, we'll you know these legislators get all a brand new opportunity to file all those 1,500 plus. Boom! Bills here they go. To Yep, we start all over again, and uh, got we go like heck for for five and a half months, and, and beating them back, and and then when session ends in May, we we start over again the following January. So in Missouri, it's that that short five month session that that we deal with, and if nothing gets again going back to very basic, you know, government, it, it's got to go through the Senate, goes to the House, and then the governor has to sign it. And any of those groups that that don't say yes. That's where the other 1,450 bills get raked in and done away with at the end of the year. So, And 
you know, when you talked about, uh, I don't know if you guys, I'm sure you saw this, but when you talked about populations in decline, I just read today that uh, we got some, some turkey um, hatch numbers, and it looks like numbers are up this year a little bit so far, so that's good. Um, I know people have been a little bit worried about the turkey. I mean, not that they're gone, but, you know, it hasn't been it great was, the last few years. Yeah, it's kind of slowed down on harvest numbers and things like that, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So that's good to see those up. I know they've showed up on my camera. I've got a few pictures of it's good. quite a few hatchlings out there, so that's yeah. good. Um, so, I mean, I think that's great to kind of talk about the, the three pillars of the Conservation Federation. Um, and one thing that we're really excited about to talk to you all about as a part of that um, is the share of the harvest program. And like you were talking about Tyler, there's a lot of people that don't like hunters um, think that we're out for the wrong reasons. And there are hunters that are doing things the wrong way. But I think one thing that can make a hunter look really bad is when they make the decision to take an animal's life and then they don't it. What I say is respect that animal. And when you take an animal's life, you should respect them enough to utilize them and not just shoot them to have the horns or just know, take the, the feathers back or, or, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, whatever. Um, you know, there's not a whole lot that upsets me. Colton, you said you listened to the show before. So I, I kind of say, we all kind of say this. I don't care what you get out of the outdoors, how, how you deer hunt or turkey hunt or whatever is personal to you as long as it's legal. And, you know, so I don't get upset by somebody who uses a rifle compared to a, a longbow or whatever. It's, it's your personal way of hunting. The one thing that does aggravate me is when somebody either kills something illegally, poaches, or wastes an animal. And I think what was really cool, like you said, back in 1992, Tyler, the, the Share the Harvest program was started. And I think that has probably helped with this. But, you know, if you're a guy or gal that shoots a, a, a deer um, and doesn't need the meat. Um, if you don't know about this program, I really hope you figure it out because this is a great way to, to feed other people while you're enjoying the outdoors. So let's just dive right into the Share of the Harvest program. Um, you want to kind of just give us a rundown and we'll branch out from there. Certainly. So again, like you said, it was started in 1992 with a group of archers and turkey hunters, actually, that, that came together and and started the, the idea. And it took a while. It took a while to run it through the Federation, through our through our resource advisory committees, and, and then branched out into the Department of Conservation and got these partners and, and what we know as today as the what is truly a win-win-win program. You know, hunters do their part by donating the meat, the the food banks get that protein rich venison that they need and, and they just absolutely love being able to get that meat in there for needy families and 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 us as hunters are the win because we get to know that we're doing the right thing and for other people. So it's uh it's just a great program. I mean and that's the easiest sell. When I tell you that I work for the Conservation Federation of Missouri, and I say, you heard of Share the Harvest? Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Okay, well, that's <laughs> one of the programs that we run. And so um, it's we're up over 4.3 million pounds of deer meat donated wow. since 1992. I mean, that's just, guys, that's unbelievable. That's the amount breakfast. of meat. Uh, 
It is. <laughs> it is, man. It's 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 awesome. We're proud of it, and uh, we keep it going each year. But we're always looking, you know, for for donations and partners and and, and hunters. I mean, that's you. John Q. Hunter out there keeps us going. I mean, that's it, period. If we didn't have deer hunters that were uh, unselfishly donating meat to it, you know, the amount of deer, the hundreds of thousands of deer that we get each year go to the neighbors. And that's the cool thing about this program. If you shoot your deer and you're down, you're in Osage County, that meat's going to stay in Osage County. If you're up in Macon County, that deer's meat's going to stay in Macon County or wherever it is. And if you're in St. Louis, all these different areas, Kansas City, suburban, rural, and the meat stays right there and gets distributed through the local food banks. And so you take your deer in and donate it to a participating uh, processor. So you get on the website, get on MDC's website on ours, and you can see who's participating in the share the harvest program so drop it off and you're done but so then what happens is they take it and they process that deer and it all becomes ground meat all goes into burger and and then gets uh, distributed to the food bank so then the conservation agent comes picks up the meat and takes it to the local food banks and we work through the missouri food banks association and so they have all their uh, soup kitchens and, and all those things that are across the, uh, across Missouri too. And so then the agent takes the meat and then the, the food banks distribute it to the needy families that are right there and within those counties, those local communities, those church groups. And, uh, it just, it, it's the, the ultimate win program for everybody involved. Awesome. Yeah. Um, in fact, Andy, one of our co-hosts that unfortunately wasn't able to make it tonight, uh, due to harvest, but, he um he used the program already this year. He uh, had a lot of does on his property, and he needed to kind of try to thin them out. But he um he only is going to have to use one deer this year, as far as the meat. And so he decided that he was going to take a doe early, and he was going to donate her to share the harvest. And for uh, for me now, you it's an easier way that you said Tyler to go on MDC's website and kind of find out who's participating. In the years past, when I knew that I might uh use the program i just called local meat lockers or or processors and said hey do you are you going to participate this year and they would tell me yes and you know if there was a cost involved they let me know what it was um you know in our area i've never had it be more than like i think one year it was going to be like 20 bucks and then he didn't charge it when i when i dropped it in that was the one year uh see i used it one year for a deer and then another year <laughs> bad story but i just got i just bought a truck and i had it for like seven days and i i clipped this buck chasing a doe during the rut (laughs) on my way home from hunting and so just so happens that a conservation agent was behind me like a mile and so he saw me pull over and the the buck is in the um median or not in the median the ditch flailing around trying not to die and i'm sitting there going what do i do now and he pulls in behind me and he goes, you know, he took care of the, the deer. Uh, he, he put him down and uh, he asked me, hey, do you want to take him? And that, that night I was in a, in a hurry and I said, no. I said, can, we, can he be donated? He's like, yep, I'll take care of that. And, you know, that, that buck that I hit was what is utilized, utilized instead of wasted. And 
I mean, unfortunately, there's not a whole lot that can be done about that. A lot of deer are wasted every year that get hit by vehicles, and that just is what it is. But um, in that case, it was pretty cool that, you know, he was he was utilized in, in the program uh, by a conservation agent that was able to, to take care of it. So um, I've used it a couple times. Andy, like I said, just used it this year. Um, you've ever used it, Micah? No, I usually, I mean, my family's pretty usually good about eating. eating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We usually go, I usually harvest, I try to harvest around two, two deer a year. And I mean, if, if I'm ever in a situation where I do have to do some habitat management, as far as more deer than we had or that we need, then I would definitely use it. But the properties that I hunt, it's not necessary yet. So sure. I hunt, I, I kill what I need and I, we usually eat it there. So. So how does um, each year you guys set everything up and get your donors and things like that? Can the cost vary per processor or is it maybe per area? How does how does cost involved with someone donating a deer um, work? So we pay seventy five dollars uh, for one of the processing of the deer, and so if a processor, let's just say. In the city, they charge $95, and so we cover at least 75 of that cost. So maybe that's where your 20 bucks came in. If, if they're, they're charging that 95 we'll cover 75 of it. And, and, I mean, that gets, for most of the processors that we deal with, they love that. that they think that's a fair deal, and, and so that's where we're at on, on covering the, the cost of, of that, too. And, again, all they're doing is deboning the meat and uh, – it all gets ground up, and so it's all ground venison that that we use. And so, um, again, great opportunity for you know John Q Hunter out there, and and this year especially because you know in the pandemic and everything going on, we need the meat, the venison, those those food banks that are out there that are that are really uh, needing the meat to you know help feed their families, and so right. it's a an opportunity to feed each other's neighbors and something the expansion that we did and i'll go back into the politics and this is where the, the cool thing comes into place with what we've done with the share of the harvest is going into shelf stable venison snack sticks now and so we're expanding the share of the harvest this year and, and what we did and ultimately again i'll go back into politics for a minute the, the state statute said that meat has to be frozen and packaged. And so we looked at that and said, how can we, you know, get these snack sticks that, that the program, and so you've heard of the buddy pack program where they, the kids that the needy hungry kids get get packs and meat and, and different um, things that go home with them on the weekend. Mm -hmm. And so this is an opportunity to add snack sticks into that. And, And again, I don't know what all goes in with buddy packs, but it's, uh, milk and, and different other products that are that that can go with the kids for the weekend, and so we came together and said, "All right, we got to do something. And how can we provide deer snack sticks, jerky, ultimately to that?" And so, going back to that bill, that the state statute that said frozen and packaged, we wanted it to say frozen or packaged. And so, through the federation, we started a resolution. Through that resolution, we got a bill filed. And through that bill, we got the governor's signature, went through the House, the Senate. We had over 99% support. And, you know, because who, who doesn't love to share the harvest? And, and so we had 
bipartisan support in the House and the Senate this past session, and the governor signed our bill back in July, and I was there in his office when he signed it. It was an epic day that uh, we can expand the program to feed needy children through the Buddy Pack program. And so we're excited to start that, rolling that out this year on a small level. And, and so I hope that someday that when you take your deer in, the processor is going to say, do you want it to go to the, the Buddy Pack program or do you want it to go to your local food bank? And so it's another option that will be out there to feed, you know, hungry children across Missouri. So a uh, pretty neat opportunity that, that we've done. And, and again, it's, it'll take several, you know, years. We got the bill passed the first year, and I jokingly said, I'll change the law. We got to figure out how to get these packs and these, all this meat <laughs> to all these kids across Missouri. And no, so we'll figure that out. And so, again, it's the benefit of partnership that coming through the food banks, through the Department of Conservation, through the Conservation Federation of Missouri, through the Missouri Association of Meat Processors. All of our organizations were working together to figure this this out to be able to get these snack sticks into the into the kids backpack program so again just a it, it's a unique opportunity that that missouri hunters um have to help each other in need so very cool it's another way program. i don't uh, i don't understand this logic because uh i just can't understand how somebody wouldn't like deer meat but it's another way to introduce people to deer meat maybe even younger right we already have share the harvest where kids um Families that that need the meat might have a kid that gets to eat deer meat. Um, if if we introduce the, um, the 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 snack packs that have the um, the jerky, who doesn't like, who doesn't like deer jerky? Thank you. I mean, for real. You know, it's just it's <laughs> it's, it's it's weird how many people I've met in my life that won't eat a deer because it's in the forest. And I'm just like, what's the difference between that deer and that cow? You know, and, and it's just it's just odd mentality people have that a wild animal must taste bad, and they've they've obviously never eaten. Yeah, they've never eaten. <laughs> they've never cooked it right, or whoever did the cooking didn't do it right. Sure, because if you do it right, it's amazing. So uh, it, it's another opportunity maybe for people to get uh, uh, get introduced at a younger age. Uh, and then they're like, I like this deer stuff. And then by the time they're 18 years old or whatever, even younger, they might be become a, a hunter. And that's one more person in the in the outdoors. So there's there's multiple layers to the the share of the harvest, uh, other than just obviously feeding people is the most important part. But um, you know, it can do other things. And it's pretty cool that you got that pass, so that now you got snack sticks and maybe steaks one day <laughs> some back straps mm. yeah but um can you imagine someone trying to backstrap for the first time oh man I mean, that'd be I, the end of it for i had him. a buddy uh message he he just him and his uh his stepson they just got into hunting last year and he sent me pictures uh last night that he he finally cooked up the back straps and uh and we were talking about it and stuff and he said it was by far one of the best things he's had so one it, of my pretty uh, exciting you remember the guy we interviewed? He's the episode hasn't released yet, so we can't talk too much about it. But our buddy from St. Louis, mm-hmm. who he harvested a deer a couple weeks ago, and he kept the inner and the the outer loins or the outer straps on together, and then smoked them together. And what's that called? Uh, not a uh, drumstick. Um, not a drumstick. Uh, gosh darn it! What did he say? Something chop. Yeah, it's just yeah. big chunk of bone with all this beautiful meat on it, and apparently it was pretty good. Um, so yeah, there's, you get introduced to deer meat and then there's, there's all kinds of ways to enjoy it. So, uh, that's pretty cool. 
the episode with you guys is going to um, release prior to you season, um, which I think is important because there might be, and you might know some numbers too, Tyler and Colton, but you might have a father or a mother that's going to take their, their son or daughter hunting for the first time uh, during you season. And maybe the father's already harvested an animal and he, they don't need meat anymore. This is a perfect way to allow their child to take their first deer potentially, or, or at least get to continue learning how to, to, to harvest and not have to worry with what are we going to do with the meat? If he, if he or she kills something, I don't have anybody in my family that needs the meat. Yeah. What am I going to do? And then he can explain, well, we'll take your deer, buck or doe, whatever, and we can donate and we'll feed families with it and stuff. And I mean, that's a great lesson to learn right there. Yeah. Yeah, do you guys, do you ever see a, do you see an uptick or do you know numbers ever throughout the season as far as how many deer get donated and when? Um, I, I would guess you season might have a, a quite a bit of an uptick because of what we just talked about, but um, I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah, it, it stays steady all year. You know, bow season is kind of ebbs and flows, but certainly once you get the rifles out there, that's when that's when the meat starts pouring in with, with all the, uh, the deer. And so, um, when the orange army gets going, they get going. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's what we need because it's, uh, Oh man, there's nothing better than getting these kids out here and getting them involved and spending time in the outdoors. And I've had an opportunity to, to be with several children on their first deer and, I get excited more than they do. I think <laughs> when they shoot that first deer and, and just there's nothing greater in the outdoors. And you see that light bulb go on with these kids and it could be their first, I used to teach kayaking classes and just to see them paddling for the first time or catching their first fish. And guys, this is what we're doing, what we're doing, man. This is as good as it gets right there. Seeing passing those things on to the next generation for them to, to teach them. And, and I always tell people like, how many people have you taught that that aren't even born yet to do something? So think about that, that if you teach your nephew or your kid or somebody taught you, you know, how to do something and you passed on something that your grandpa taught you, your grandpa taught you how to do that before. And you're teaching your grandkids, you know, someday that's not even born yet to, to pass these, these things that are on. So whether it's, you know, gigging or sucker grabbing or whatever it is that you like to do in Missouri, it's, it's about getting these kids outdoors and, and spending time outside with them because they're going to teach their kids on, and long after you're gone. Yeah, that's awesome. What else you got, man? You got any – Is there? are we missing anything with this program that, that people really should know? Go ahead, Colton. I think one of the – like if we can give like the listeners like a call to action, there's a couple things like right now that you guys can do. And of course, the first thing is vote. And uh, we recently, our legislative committee did a sent out a survey to all the Missouri candidates, and a bunch of them replied. And it was a conservation survey, like where do you stand with public lands, or where do you stand with, um, you know, uh, plastics and how they're used in Missouri and things like that. And we've actually just published all of those on our website. So if you would like to see how your potential candidates may have responded to these issues that matter to people like us. Um, you can go to our website and that's confedmo.org and slash candidates. 
and that's where those survey results are posted. And then uh, when we get back into the legislative session, uh, we have a legislative action center on our website. And, you know, Micah, you said that this stuff is all pretty, you know, it's, it is complicated, you know, with those 2000 bills we have to sift through every year and find out which ones matter to conservation minded folks. Like we post the most important ones on this legislative action center. And after you log in one time, it's like two clicks where you can send your representatives and senators a letter on how we as conservationists feel about the issue. Um, you know, and it's not all negative. Lots of times it's like the snack stick bill and it's positive. Like, you know, we want you to support this bill, maybe even be a co-sponsor of the bill. Um, so you log in there and it's confedmo.org slash LAC. And that will show you those issues. And so right now our the Restoration of America's Wildlife Act is up there. And then once again, when we get back in in January, there'll be a whole lot more of the state issues. So um, it makes it really easy. You yeah. can just read a short synopsis and you do two clicks. And if you'd like, you, there's a paragraph where you can write, you know, whatever you would like to your uh, state reps and senators. Because, you know, maybe you guys know them personally. And then after you click send, you know, you can share it on Facebook and tell others how to take action. Um, and it'll also give you the phone number for that person if you'd like to call them and check in on it. Nice. I know for me, when I sent them this year, it was really cool to get the responses back, even though not all of them were as I had hoped, you know, but maybe that'll change how I vote this fall on some of those people, you know. So right. Hey, at least it's cool to know where they stand. At least you got to give them credit for telling you something that you might not like to hear, you know, instead yeah. of just talking. But, uh, and I, that's true. That's a good point. And I mean, all of us, it's our jobs to keep the sport and the, the, the recreations that we love doing alive. And whether that's when you're in the woods and you see some trash, you pick it up or you, uh, you might cut an old, um, you know, an old tree stand down that's about to kill a tree or something, you know, stuff like that. And, and it, Go, it goes into this stuff too uh, with the laws and legislation and a lot of people are complacent with that and I'm guilty of that too yeah, I, I'm, I'm very guilty of you know I think yeah. Tyler's going to take care of it for me so, <laughs> right um, but, you know I I uh, <laughs> you know but that that's there's not always someone there you know you never know um, and so you do try to you know I would encourage people to try to be as as involved as they can be whether that's doing what Colton just talked about and you know, clicking a link and reading it for a couple minutes and sending a um, a question or um, just being educated when there is a a bill that's trying to be passed into a law and, and going out and voting uh, and, and letting your voice be heard. Uh, it's, it's important. Obviously, we have a big election coming up and we won't get into that, but it's important to get out there and do those things. Um, so you make a great point and Things like that are the reason why we now have programs like Share the Harvest and these awesome things that have happened for conservation in the past 24 months. Um, but for every, I'm guessing, Tyler, you'll probably agree with me, for every awesome thing that's coming down the pipe, there's another just as as bad thing waiting and lurking that, that uh, someone else is trying to pass because, like you said earlier, not everybody likes us outdoorsmen and hunters. Uh, they think we're killing Bambi. 
Um, they think we're bloodthirsty and we, we kill it and let it sit there in the forest. And while that unfortunately does happen and it boils my blood just as much as it does that person, um, we gotta, we gotta be there to, to, to fight those back too. So it, it makes your jobs at the conservation federation probably never ending. That's right. And that's why we need the support, you know, and, and that's my plug for $35 a year to join and become a member to keep up on stuff and to get our awesome 68 page magazine every other month. And, and hear so many cool stories about hunting, fishing, the outdoors, birding, um, you know, and, and we cover so much more than just hunting and fishing and we get into environmental issues and water quality. And so, uh, a lot of neat opportunities to see that through our our magazine is is just we get a lot of cool stuff uh, that that people submit to us and and we keep you up on politics and stuff too plus all the events that we got going so again we need your membership so we can execute our mission and partnerships education and and the advocacy portion of it because it it takes all of us it takes us citizens defending what the Missouri citizens started in 1935 and they stood up and said, no, we're not going to allow the politics to take over. And so that's why Missouri is so unique in what we have because John Q public stood up and started all this, you know? And so that's what we're here to defend. It's our turn to carry the water. You know, everybody that's out there hunting and fishing and and enjoying the outdoors, it's our turn to step up and and do the right thing. And, And so someday it'll it'll be our kids our grandkids and you know and that's why we fight to defend our public lands and our state parks and our conservation areas because we have free boat ramps and we have free state parks not every state has that folks and and those dedicated sales tax are so unique in missouri and that's the missouri model of conservation and when i go to a national convention Everybody wants to be Missouri. I promise you that there is zero other states that have dedicated sales tax that we have out there. Zero. And and people want to be able to know how you do it. And it's our, our model of conservation is the envy across the nation because we are so unique and, and have so many great fisheries in Missouri. Like you... You take it for granted that you can go to a lake within an hour of your house somewhere. I guarantee you, wherever you're listening, you can go fishing somewhere and, and catch fish. And, and not you can't do that in every state. And you can go fishing, hunting, hiking, biking, birding somewhere in Missouri, very close to where you're at. And that's because of all the great things that we have here in Missouri. And we have to defend them Absolutely. or they'll go away. No doubt. Yeah, I can think of – I have four – I have four different conservation areas within 45 minutes of my house that I could hunt and fish at. Five. Mm-hmm. That one's right. Yeah, you got at least five. Four or five. Okay. Yeah, that's – I'm sorry. To- <laughs> but, but anyways, I mean, and like you said, a lot of states, they don't have that, and no. we're extremely lucky for what we do have, and we do need to keep that going. Yeah, so before we hop off, um, Colton, if you want to, or, or Tyler, but um, why don't we – let people know how they can learn more about Share the Harvest and then also learn more. I know you already gave some some websites first uh, a second ago, Colton, but yep. give them some some websites and stuff. We'll also link those things in the uh, show release for, for everybody as well. Uh, but why don't you give them some of that contact information so they can, can sign or at least know what to do if they want to do Share the Harvest and then also get involved with CFM. Yeah, so visit our website it's confedmo.org 
and all the links are there. Uh, Share the Harvest, and most of those are right there on the homepage, the Legislative Action Center. Really easy to find. Um, feel free to call us. Our number's listed there on the website, too. We're at the office, you know, 8 to 5, Monday through Friday. And then on social media, we're at ConFedMo on all of our social media. So YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, um, and we share those updates with you. So you can know if you're out hunting and fishing and you might be on Facebook at night and you see, hey, there's a bill that I need to, you know, email my rep about, like two clicks and you're done, you know. So um, we do our best to make it easy for you guys to, you know, understand this kind of stuff because, you know, oh, I, much I appreciate that. Cause but, I appreciate it. Cause yeah, I need that yeah. stuff explained to me. Like I'm a five-year-old because it just, it <laughs> explain goes, it to it, me. Like I'm five. Yeah, pretty much. Cause it goes <laughs> yeah, over my head. Yeah. So <laughs> I kind of well, need somebody Tyler, there I, to be like, this is what you need to do. <laughs> yeah. We do this because we love the Missouri outdoors. And of course, like you guys, we'd rather be outside, but you know, we do this job so that, we can continue to do this and our grandchildren can do this. So um, thank you for giving us the opportunity to talk about it. Yeah, we're, we're, we were excited to talk to you all and we really do appreciate your time. Um, and we're, we're excited, like I said, for another season where people can, can share their, their harvest uh, with people in need. Not everybody, you know, when you go hunting, you think about this. Not everybody is as lucky as you right now in their life. And, I'm lucky to have a freezer full of, of, of almost a full cow and about half of a deer left um, that I would like to replenish. But if, if everything in my, my world fell apart right now, I would still be able to feed my family for a, a good portion of time. Not everybody has that. There are a lot of people out there that are literally living meal to meal with children, and this is a way that you can help them without – physically giving them a meal and um yeah the the meat's not wasted it's it's goes to a good good cause and the food pantries utilize it the best they can so we really appreciate you guys continuing that program and and spearheading that too that's awesome we we appreciate you guys and thank you for having us on and you know and you, you talk about sharing the harvest if somebody wants to donate their $75 you know we'd love for you to you could Somebody's listening out there. They want to pay for somebody else to donate a deer. It's a good feeling to to be able to to cover that seventy five bucks for or whatever it is, you know. And so there's there's certainly other ways to support or get out there and hunt. And uh, you know this is going to air around uh, around the peak of the rut in Missouri. So I'll I'll give my tip that I love to share with people, and it's it's leaf blown trails, man. I'm telling you that is the coolest thing. If you want to kill a deer, get out there blow your leaf blown trail, get a trail in where you can get in there super quiet. That's one of the, uh, that's one of the greatest like tips that people don't realize uh, that that's my plug for, for helping bow hunters out there. What Could I, I use that tonight. Get out there. <laughs> you used yours tonight. Uh, I could have used that tonight. I, I just, I got home right before we, uh, we recorded this and I got to hunt this evening and it is very dry where we live right now. And it sounded like a concert walking and i was trying to be as quiet as i could but at that point i should have just ran to my stand because every every deer with an earshot was going to hear me walking in so um yeah it'd have been nice just to walk on dirt the entire way and i so that's what i did i walked on dirt to my stand and back tonight because i went in 
I always go in, I'll start and do it about the middle of October, blow it in there down to bare earth, go back the day of Halloween or so in the middle part of the day, blow it back open, leaves about fell by then, and you're usually good through rifle season. And, you know, blow it three or four feet wide, you can find a spot. All you need is a spot, you know, to put your foot every few feet. So uh, leaf-blown trails, uh, I can't tell you how many encounters that I've had and being able to flip out of the bow stand at, at night with having that leaf-blown trail in there. And, and, and you'd be surprised. You blow a trail to your stand, there will be a deer that will walk in that trail within 36 hours. They love that fresh earth smell. I don't know what it is about it, but they'll you come back in a day or two and, and there'll be a deer that's walked right through there. And, and those blowers don't don't mess them up like you think they would and stuff so that's a good tip give it a shot and let me know if it works yeah solid tip i will i am all about those because i am far from an expert hunter so um no we really appreciate you guys coming on tonight um i know it was a late evening but uh uh we we finally got together and were able to record and you're also our first podcast none of our listeners know this but you're also our first podcast that we're zooming so that Colton, Tyler, Micah, and myself are all in the same room together, even though we are hours apart. So that's pretty cool. It worked out pretty well, too, so I might start trying this more. I don't know. So uh, we appreciate you guys coming on, and if you don't have anything else, we will talk to you all later. Yeah, thank, thank you guys very much. Keep up the great work. All right, guys, we'll talk to you later. That's that. Lots of good information. I didn't realize what all those guys do. And we definitely need them around. So I'm glad they are around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's cool that they're not a government program. It's a nonprofit organization right. that really only has one focus. And that's Missouri Outdoors. And that's protecting our rights as hunters. Yeah. And Missouri hunters, by the way, not, yeah, not national hunters. Every state's got their own federation. But, you know, their job is to protect. Make sure we can do what we love to do. Yeah, in our state. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty absolutely. cool. I know, and it definitely, I need to be more involved with that sort of stuff. And they, they gave it, they gave us an outlet to go in there. We can get on their website, and you know, if there's something that we need to let our, you know, people in charge know, yeah, we can do that very easily. When you think about, it, um, you know, you can sign up for a, uh, not a membership. Is that what it is? Membership? Yeah, they have a membership. I guess that's what it's called. You can sign up for a membership. It's $35 a year to be a, a member of the Conservation Federation. And, you know, that, that helps them. And, you know, there's a lot of different federations out there. I'm, I'm a member of several. Uh-huh. And, you know, you can you can be a member of, of this and help with that without, you know, you don't have to necessarily, like, be beating down the steps at Jeff City. Right. And, um you know, doing the things that they do, but you can, you can help by donating. You can help by, uh, Tyler talks about it in here. Some people like to donate the $75 processing fee for share of the harvest. And you, you know, or if you don't have the money and that's very true, a lot of people don't. And a lot of people are, I mean, I'm, I'm a tightwad and, um, my, is it you that says I can swallow a, a penny and shit out a nickel? Is that you? <laughs> no, that wasn't me. <laughs> Which is true. No. I, I I am a tightwad, but uh, um, so some people don't have the money, then just you know stay involved, right? Go right. follow them on their their uh, social media pages and and just stay up to what's going on, and maybe you can go fill out one of those deals that Colton was talking about. Right, exactly. You know, that so, sort of stuff. I mean, and we all need to do our part of getting the information that 
you know, that could hurt us as hunters and stuff like that and to be involved with that and, you know, to make our voices heard. So yeah, there's, there's people out there that don't like us. Right. And I mean, they're ridiculous. There's a lot more people out there that don't like me. Well, that's true. <laughs> I'm one of them. I know. I know. <laughs> I don't like you either. Yeah. Well, whatever. Anyways, it was a good episode. Uh, get on there, uh, follow them and, uh, you know, get out there and share a harvest. Kill an extra doe this year. Yeah. You know, share it. I'm going to, I mean, thinking now, I usually, I said in the episode, but I usually take, I try to get two year, two deer a year, and we eat that. Well, I'm going to try for three this year. So, and just to donate. Overachiever. Yeah, well, I'm going to try to do my part. <laughs> All right, everybody, have a great week, and we'll talk to y'all later. Yep. Good luck this season. See ya.